This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 300, brought to you by Graphically and iFanboy listeners just like you.
Welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 300. My name is Ron Richards, and I'm here, as always, for 300 times with Connor Kilpatrick. Oh, it's been so many more than that. I know. And Josh Flanagan. It's like, it's like a million times. Yeah, and technically... That's what it feels te- like. Technically, all three of us haven't done all 300 shows, as we've had lots of special guests through the years. But uh, I'm, I'm pretty part, sure we're all well over 300. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, so welcome to the iFanboy Pick Week podcast, third, 300th episode extravaganza. This is going to be a little different than the normal iFanboy podcast if you've listened to it in the past because we are live streaming this on Ustream to more people than I thought would show up. So <laughs> go with that. Um, how that many people number was here? four. Yeah, there, All of our moms and Paul. Yeah, there's like there's like over 150, 150 people there. Is that it? I don't know. 165 right now. Wow. And sure, more will be joining. So if we're a little different than usual, that's why. Because But the whole premise of the show is the same. We're from the website ifanboy.com, which is dedicated to the world of comic books. And we like to read comics. And every week uh, we rush off to the comic book store on Wednesday. And we read a whole big stack of books that come out. And one of us has the duty, uh, the, the very honorable duty, of finding the book that we enjoyed the most and declaring it the pick of the week. Go and write a review on ifanboy.com, and then we come here to talk about it, as well as all the other books that came out this week, as well as other topics of interest that a lot of you in the listening audience have suggested to us, which is always fun. Um, we're going to warn you that we're going to talk about what happened in the books. So if you weren't aware that the DC Comics line was rebooting, be warned. <laughs> Whoops. <It's> spoiled. <laughs> Um, no, but so if you haven't read your books yet, you might want to press pause, come back, read them later. Those of you watching live, you're screwed because we're going to talk about spoilers. Um, and that's about it. I think that sums it up. This week, Josh, somehow Josh had the responsibility of the 300th uh, Pick of the Week podcast, Pick of the Week. Um, wasn't the 300th Pick of the Week, though. It was, I don't know what number that was. We should look that up later. But anyway, but so Josh, uh, take it away. It was, uh, I had more books than anybody, I feel like, this week. Like I know that Connor, you had like I had six. I had ten. Six. That's that's. I might have had like ten ish or so. You had ten also. But uh, I finished up. You he's have all. He's always watching. Numbers. He's always yeah. watching. <laughs> <laughs> you had ten. Put the book down. What? Um, and I finished up, and I was like, uh, I don't. I don't know what to do here, because like I read good books, and the thing about the Justice League that I, I want to be clear with is like. It was pretty good. Connor, you said that you did a review on it earlier. Like, it was a good book. It was a four-star. It was a solid yeah, four. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like... Not a five, a four. Yeah, well, it wasn't the amazing... And, and I'm, of course, acutely aware that in the back of my mind, every time Jeff Johns releases a giant event book, it's my week. <laughs> like, uh, and I'd like to point out I'm two for three now. So, you know, get over that. Um, but I started thinking about <clears throat> what the book was and, and the things that I liked about it. And I was like, you know, this sort of general enthusiasm, excitement, and, and symbolism of the book is really <clears throat> kind of a, a thing to get excited about. And, and I decided, you know what, I, I think this is the pick of the week. And, and then after I did that, I started thinking about it, and then I had all sorts of things to say about it, and, uh, and that's how we came to be. You know, we've been talking about this for such a long time, uh, and, you know, again, thank you, DC, because you've given <laughs> us something to do, uh, and so, people, so seem to, people seem to enjoy talking about it. That's what I've noticed. Whether you're for or against it, you know, you're, you're, you're down with it. But this is the sort of first step, and you do have to go ahead and give that company incredible props for, for turning that ship in, in a complete 180. And that's something I never, ever thought would happen. Like, we heard rumors about it beforehand, and, you know, like, DC is a company that really, I think even more than Marvel, sort of banks on their legacy, on their tradition, on their history – uh, the characters go back further than most of the ones in, in Marvel do. 
And and it's really for the past ten years or so, their thing has really even Jeff Johns's thing has really been like, look at the legacy, look at the history. These things are all connected. And now they're saying, hey, let's do something else. And I have to admire the the chutzpah of that, as I as I wrote my review. And and uh, I just it's really neat what they're doing. And I think that this was a cool first step, almost because they didn't try to blow our faces off throughout the whole thing. It's a it was a slow burn, as I sort of called it, and we didn't meet everybody on the team. We didn't see them all together. They took the the ultimate Spider-Man approach, uh, where you know I remember what issue Peter put the costume on, but it was like five or six issues, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you if you, the one of the complaints about Ultimate Spider-Man back in the day that it was super decompressed, that it took, yeah, uh, you know, it took you know like five or six issues before he got into the costume, and the story was really a slow burn, and that was my immediate reaction after reading this is like, oh, okay, it's decompressed. Well, Ron and I read it last year. Uh, not last year, that'd wow. been awesome. We read it last week together. Um, and you do the not, voice of Hal. Not together. I mean, like, I read it, then I handed it to Connor, and he read it. So we yeah. a, he, my, he had his arms around me. We read it, and, and it's a group. Um, <laughs> I, picture, I picture you in a clean room, by the way, with white suits. <laughs> and we both, we, we both had the same sort of thought in that it was good. We enjoyed it, but it felt somewhat slight for a big opening first issue. Uh-huh. What was in there, I enjoyed quite a bit. I gave it a solid four-star rating, but I thought... If you relaunch the universe and this is your first book, unfortunately, it takes the whole brunt of that relaunch on its shoulders, and you really want something that knocks it out of the park. And I thought you wanted to go more the Grant Morrison JLA route, in which the entire team comes together and, fight, and fights the minutes. There's big stakes. There's big action. Well, there's big drama. In the first issue, it really grabs you, whereas this issue, I have no doubt when all six are done, it's going to be a great six-issue story arc that brings the team together. But as a first issue, it was an interesting choice to go on the slow route. I don't know if they're the best choice, but... I, see, was, and I decided I liked that because you really did get characterization time uh, when you get to see the relationships. And this was mostly, you know, Batman and Green Lantern getting to know each other for the first time. And that stuff was great. Know. I loved all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, I, you know, I, it's, it's really, for me, it was what the book represents, what it's heralding, what it's going to be, what it, you know... It's I have right, and I have like it gives me high hopes. Basically, I was like, okay, this is a good first step. It wasn't didn't try to do too much. They didn't try to be overbearing, I suppose. And I think that that takes some balls. Uh, yeah. The other side of it is that you know, Jim Lee is Jim Lee's a bigger name than even Jeff Johns. He's about as big a name as you could get, other than if you got Frank Miller to draw, you know, like some sort of big two book. And that ain't gonna happen. Well, you, of the three of us, you probably like Jim Lee the, the least. So what, yeah, like, tell us about your thoughts on the art. I'm just not from the era. Like I was reading comics right when he first showed up and then got out, you know, before he got like huge. And it's just, it's not my favorite style. Obviously he's got skills. There's something about it that has just never exactly been for me. And I, but I get that, that people absolutely love it to death. Um, and the more I started thinking about this, and if you read my review, I said this, like I realized he, he didn't have to do this. There's no part of him that needed to do this. So he had to want to, and he had to want the challenge of it. And as I was reading through it, uh, he's a good artist, obviously, but I, I just feel like there was verve, there was energy. Like he, I felt youthful. It, it wasn't, you know, this is a guy who, listen, there are other guys out there who don't, you know, they'll be like, they'll be on a book, but really they'll just draw some of it, and then somebody else will draw the whole thing. This just felt like a like a cohesive book, an artist who was hungry and wanted to show off we could do, and and you know everybody you know that everybody's watching this going he's he's gonna be late you just he's not gonna get these out on time it, you know and they're they're waiting for him to fail and and so it's his job to completely step up and I've I've got to respect that 
you know, who knows when he has time to do this? I mean, he's the co-publisher. He's probably well, in meetings and stuff all day. Apparently, he just does it uh, on the overnights because as far as, you know, on Twitter, he's tweeting all night. So I don't know when yeah. he sleeps anymore. But um, yeah. so, so can, I share, afford Coke? can I share some of my thoughts? Because you, you yeah, you're a huge Jim Lee fan. And you, you're, what did you think of it? Well, yeah, art wise, I thought it was it was what I expected. I don't think it, I don't think this is the best Jim Lee. Um, I think if you took this and compared it to like the last issue that we saw of All Star Batman and uh, Batman and Robin, I think that probably was the point of like some of the best Jim Lee. Or, like the I'm thinking the Green Lantern issue where they painted the room yellow. See, I thought this was better than his Batman. Uh, I, no, I thought there was a couple of points where I, I I noticed a little like not Jim Lee's best, but still it looks fucking awesome and better than half the people out there who are imitating Jim Lee's style. So I thought the art was great. Um, Story-wise, though, I, a, I like I said, I felt as decompressed. I was a little disappointed that the team, like you kind of like you said, like the team wasn't established. But I understand what they're doing. But the other thing that got me is that I thought Johns went a little too simple with it. Um, I went through and that's, I that's what he does. Well, no, no, I know, but they almost to the point where they they because they're so hungry for that new audience, that elusive millions of people who are going to download this that don't that haven't been reading comics. I felt as if it took the assumption that no one's ever watched the Super Friends or seen the Justice League Unlimited cartoon or anything like that. I went through the issue and I counted the number of times the characters said each other's names. That's good. And it was like, well, no, it, yes and no, because it's, it was it's... like it literally was it literally was 14 times. And there was one point where uh, he, uh, he got every character name in the same word balloon at the same time, which isn't easy, by the way. <laughs> you know, because it's like it's like here's the plan: Green Lantern goes in there and restrains Superman for questioning. Batman waits here, like all over and over again. Every time Green Lantern's like, "I'm Green Lantern, I'm gonna go over here because you're Batman and you're in the shadows," but we're gonna go meet Superman. Yeah, but this, this is the, that's the kind of writing you like in the old Claremont books. No, I mean, but it's but it, no, but it, that's the thing. We were in my comic shop, we were talking about it, and someone's like, "But you love Claremont." I was like, "Yeah, but Claremont did it, did exposition and wordy in a way that still moved the story. It wasn't constantly like." Cyclops, go talk to Storm and see if you can get Jean Grey to do – like it wasn't so bang over your head and I just felt like I was getting banged over my head with who these people were. And admittedly, I'm acknowledging that I'm not I, – I, I already know who they are. So I've already been it, converted. Like, you know, I get that. But I'm it's just not saying, for you. Yeah. But that said, you know, you know, we we experimented a little in the comic book shop and stuff like that and had people – other people take a look at it and similar comments. That said though – I did think I did enjoy the uh, Batman swiping the ring off Green Lantern. I thought that was the best scene of the entire book. Um, mm-hmm. That you know, it made me laugh. It was a little humor. It was good. Um, I thought the cyborg stuff was the weakest. Um, the well, there wasn't much to it. Yeah, exactly. Did you catch the? Uh, did you catch the? Uh, what you call it? The the flashpoint. The the reset button. Yes. Yeah. So, um, Josh, did you? Well, we don't know what uh, that means. The woman well, it's a tie to Flashpoint. It's a tie to Flashpoint, yeah. Well, well I, there's I a lot more it. that the ties to Flashpoint. The whole I caught it in Flashpoint. Yeah. No, but did you, ca- did you see the woman in, Fla- in, in Justice League? I, I know about the thing, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. So for people who don't know, we're going to talk about Flashpoint, but the, the, the catalyst or whatever to what happened to make the universe re- reboot, she's briefly in a panel, um, which I thought was interesting. And it's just, you know, like, I, oh. I, I, I don't think that's going to happen for a while. Well, you never know. I, I really... I would. I mean, I think that they would undo all of the all of the support that they have slowly gained back. You know, yeah, over they're, the not, time. they're not going to do it for a while. They have to stick. To I don't think those. they can. To be honest, with you. I don't think they can re- re- go back. But no, I, they, they, that would be dumb. Yeah, but I mean, it, but also looks as if Jeff's you know paying attention. Johns is paying attention to the story and t- you know tying it in somehow for those of us. I mean, that was that was what I t- kind of took away from it. But we'll see. Who knows. But, I think um, the one thing we haven't talked about is that there's a lot of a sense of excitement for me, at least, that yes. this is fun and new and interesting. And the GL 
characterization is fun. It's different. Yep. It's, it's not, right. It's not the regular John's characterization. And it's good because yep. he's been boring. Yep. And it, I think that when you talk about it being simple, like to me, that is Jeff John's looking at what it is he does best and going back to the sort of roots of those things. And, and it, you know, if you look, he hasn't had the best last year in comics. And I think that maybe he's sort of reconnecting, like, get to the the very basic source of, of, of these things and these characters and the things that he does. Because I've always yeah. thought he wrote really simple. I didn't like him for a long time because of that. I don't know. All week I was just walking around going, listen, I'm a space cop, okay? You're <laughs> just like, it's just explaining. <laughs> that's, that's the way that they have to be done if you want to get people who don't read comics for a yeah, living. Yeah, but I don't, I don't, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, that's I, the, the thing, way it is. The thing is, I can, understand it if, I can understand it if this is a brand new kind of thing, but I feel as if Batman and Green Lantern, because it was just a huge movie about it. They're in the lexicon. They're like, you but know. No one saw that movie. Yeah, it's true. That's true, but um, yeah, because anyway. it was awful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we talk about it all the time. The books that were hugely popular in the 80s were written like that hmm. for people to pick up for the first time and say, "Who is this Green Lantern person?" Well, yeah. it's all there in the page. I mean, I definitely picked up on that. Was the goal of it? I'm just saying, you know, that, that was my kind of comment. So, Flashpoint number five ended the whole miniseries that got us to this point in the new world, and it felt very much like a lot of the DC books have felt this month. In uh, that, we got to get this over with now. Oh yeah, can I? Can I t- – listen, I, I read that first, then I read Justice League, and uh, I, I think I was very uh, positive about Justice League. Obviously, I made a pick of the week. Uh, I was very impressed by it. It worked for me. I hated Flashpoint 5. It was fucking <laughs> awful. And you've been a big fan of the whole I have movie. because what it was was nothing. Yeah. It was just the it was like we're getting here. Oh, this story has nothing to do with anything. This is just the gateway to this new thing and I hate that. Yep. I wanted a story. I wanted this to close up. I don't need you to tie it. There was no I there, don't that's care. the point. Of, that's always been the point of it though. Yeah. The, you know then maybe, but I, I like when I actually saw it done, I just thought it was kludgy and we're just getting pushed into this thing. I, I don't I hate those between series that, that just exist to get you from one place to another because all that is is to appease people who need an explanation and yeah. I think we're better than that. Yeah. What do you think? Well, I, I, I don't know. I thought I, de- I agree. I agree with you that it was I mean, it, it was almost laughable. The fact that it was like, OK, let's get all the characters in the same place at the same time. And I know that the super like and, and while that's happening, we get reverse flash kind of, you know, doing the villain thing and explaining what he's done and what the impact of it means. And you get a couple of nice moments with, you know, with Batman and uh, stabbing the reverse flash and Superman arriving. But really, this is all just a catalyst to get Barry to the point to realize what he needs to do, which then you know, triggered the, the, the timelines being merged or whatever it was. Um, I thought it was really interesting, the big two-page spread where Barry's running across and the timelines are being merged, how they showed the three, they showed the DCU, the Vertigo characters, and then all the Wildstorm characters. I was like, oh, wow, they're being generous to the Wildstorm group. <laughs> yeah, they got a big spot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, they, like, the thing is, though, they just there's no resolution of this story that we've been reading the whole time. Yeah. There's a huge war in Europe between well, the that, forces that hasn't been the story. The story's yeah. been Barry Allen trying to find his way home. Yeah. That's yeah. happening in the background. The, the well, fight, the, the war is in the background. The real story. And what'd you spend all that time on it for if it doesn't matter? All that time, you mean four issues? And fucking 90 miniseries. Yeah, because they were, that was just, that was just a way to increase the scope of the, and give you a taste of the world. But right. really, the story of Flashpoint, the book, this particular book was in Barry Allen's journey home. Yeah, that was yeah, that was the that was the the premise, and that was the main thing was was Barry figuring out how to get back, and then in doing that, triggering this thing, and then we see the mysterious woman with the with I guess tattoos on her face or whatever with the cloak who becomes the 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 voice, and and that's that's the big question is who was this and what is you know what role does she play? Assuming she's above 
guardians and monitors and all those kind of you know characters I, that have already been established in the DC universe. And I mean, admittedly, it's, I and, believe it's it's uh, Lady Pariah. Is it? It's that that's that would be a silly character. That's why I said that. Okay. Um, but, uh, but you know, and you get a nice transition. You get as Barry's running across the page, his costume slowly changes into the new costume. Um, I don't know. And then I thought the end was, I mean, Connor, how did you feel about the very, very end when Barry goes to visit Batman in the, in the Batcave? It was all right. I mean, it was nice. I mean, some people really, I saw people talking about it online that really hit them hard. It, you know, it was a nice moment, but I didn't get too overly emotional about it. I don't think Batman didn't- cries. It's again. Definitely the, about his dad. He does. The Punisher he does, doesn't cry. But he doesn't do it Batman in front of anybody. Cry. Yeah. Batman no, Batman cry. does, but he doesn't do it in front of anybody. Keep in mind, this is also younger Bruce Wayne. Yeah. This is this is Bruce mm. Wayne in his twenties. Yeah. So he definitely can can cry with with, with three previous Robins and a ten year old son. Well, we're not. That's that's. Uh, that's <laughs> we don't know that yet. How much time? Yeah, we do know it. Yeah, oh, we, we do, do know that. that. <laughs> oh, right, you do know that. Well, there goes that. That's all I've been you saying to anybody for three months. You don't know. Well, so here's my question at Flashpoint. Does Barry know? We'll find out. I don't think he does. I don't think he does know. Well, he said he still has the memories. Yeah, so Barry knows what happened. That's the reset button. That's the reset. The, the, the woman in the cloak and Barry are the reset button, yeah. So. Which may or may not happen because they've always had people who knew about Crisis in the time before Crisis. They never undid it. Did you? No, did yeah, you know it may, you're right. It may or may not happen, but but the thing is, is that like, is it going to be the kind of thing where Barry's going to acknowledge the fact that he went through all this and this whole thing, and and or is he just going to, or is that memory going to fade, or what? I, I don't know. I mean, it seems as if he knows everything that happened, and what does that mean? Yeah. You know? Did Did you guys know that Batman has a very special uh, belt adjustment tool holder? Yeah, with lights. He has a device specifically <laughs> for fixing his belt at his desk. <laughs> That's it's not used for anything else. Uh. I just love that all this, all this was, um, all this was resolved by Barry catching up and punching himself in the face. It's <laughs> really, what, really what it was. It's like stop doing oh, it. I hated this. I was so annoyed. I know because I was liking Flashpoint. I think you had a mis- misunderstanding what the story was, though. The story was about Barry. The Story was that it shouldn't have sucked. Well, also, the, I mean, also, Connor, the art was really photorealistic, so that might have. Been long. Um, um, now the book, the book. Okay, that, all right, I'm going to put my balls on screen. The book that uh, <laughs> I'm surprised you still don't read, Josh, because Uncanny X Force 14 is really good, and the Droma Pena art. Oh my god! god. I'm, I'm, this this was my pick of the week. I, it was everybody's pick of the week, apparently. Yeah. I, this is one of those ones that I haven't. Been, you know, I went and I bought that three issue thing, and I haven't been yeah. able to figure out how to get back. I'm gonna read it. Yeah, I want to. I, you know, I'll buy the trades well, or something. So first off, so uncanny, you know, uncanny X Force number fourteen, the four, cha- chapter four of the Dark Angel saga. I don't know how many chapters is gonna go, um, but right. the the big thing is uh, Jerome Pena is back on art, and you noticed it immediately. Absolutely. Oh, what a! It's I mean, different. He, it's, it's different. This is this is the difference between him and Mark Brooks. It's it's not even fair. Like it's no. almost to the point where I'm like, my God, it's not even fair. Um, but then also on top of that, the story was balls to the wall. Awesome. Like, R- Remender is really outdoing himself with this. You went Long Island there. I did, I? You said balls to the wall, awesome. <laughs> but so, so essentially... It was like an IROC Z. So you get, you get uh, you know, Wolverine and, and Psylocke and Phantom X and Deadpool back from the Age of Apocalypse world with the Life Seed, and they walk into the fact that now uh, uh, Warren has become Ar- um, Archangel and he's t- t- assumed the mantle of Apocalypse. What I thought was great is... 
the flashback showing um, Warren kind of taking leadership of Ozymandias and all the horsemen and acting very different from uh, Apocalypse. He's like, no, don't refer to me as sir. You know, like enough with the pomp and circumstance. Say that when you respect me. And like you get a sense of who's in control. Is this really Warren just accepting this is the way to go or is it the Apocalypse influence, you know, influencing him? But it seemed really sincere and seemed like that's what he wanted to do. Um, and you get an awesome fight. Wolverine gets fucked up. Yep. Like fucked up. Um, Psylocke, Betsy's role in it. How she, you know, whether she can bring herself to kill her lover or not. I mean, like, there's so many levels this is working on. Like, this is this honestly, this is right now the the X Meny the X Men dream book for me right now for the X Men universe. Like, as great as Schism is, as great as Uncanny's been, Uncanny X Force I think is the best mutant book right now, and it's tapping into all the stuff I love about the X Men. So it's the book that we used to talk about X. Factor being, yes, it's the one that you can pick up and enjoy, not being a big X Men fan, or also enjoy being a big X Men fan. It's it works on many levels. Yeah, Remender's clearly having a lot of fun with this, and the art, with a few exceptions, has been w- wonderful. Yeah, it's it's and, it's not even fair. I mean, that's it's, it's how at we- another level when Opinion does it. When it's Opinion and Remender together, yep. this book is a different level. Yeah, um, good stuff. Really, really good stuff. So good, so good. But Secret then, Avengers number sixteen. I thought it was going to be a sideways issue because the cover was sideways. Yeah, but it wasn't exactly. A sideways yeah, issue. <laughs> I gotta admit, if if this was the creative team in this book, this book would be one of the best books they're putting out. Uh, written, uh, written by written yeah, by, twice a year. Written by Warren Ellis, <laughs> and not because of the artist. Written by Warren Ellis, drawn by Jamie McKelvey. Um, this was clearly done lo- a long time ago. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah. also because you get Cap and Steve and the Cap and Steve, Cap and Steve. yeah. But um, I just love the premise. The on the first page, run the mission, don't get seen, save the world, Secret Avengers. Like that was the premise of the book. Like we talked about how how troubled this book has been since it launched, yeah. um, and it never really got its legs under it. But like th- this makes me, I'm like, oh man, this is the book I would have loved to have read. Um, well, Ellis gets the concept. Yes, now, he, he really does. Yeah. He also gets. He. I don't think there's anybody better at doing a one issue sci fi story than him. Yeah, oh. like he's he's the best at that. Now, now I haven't been reading this t- this series, but I read this issue. Um, there's no setup for this. Like this, just no. This started. is a one and done That's story. Great. You've got nothing to. You can know, know nothing about the characters in the story. There's no continuation to what's happened before. Yeah, uh, it's very much on its own. I think uh, it, was, it was great. You know, it was uh, it was Jamie McKelvey really um, stepping up. I think. Well, yeah, uh, doing. I, th- I think sure. there were I think there were two aspects to it. One, and we highlighted on the on the panels of the week, the two page spread of Moon Knight flying over the empty city, yeah, like epic, grandiose, Mobius esque. You know, like mm-hmm. just on on so many different levels, it, it works so well. But then also, you know, Jamie's always gotten a lot of uh, criticism that he, he that he can't do action or he just does people talking and stuff like that. This was action packed and was I thought was great. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely there's a couple of pages of uh, there's two pages of Moon Knight fighting. Fighting that when he hits the jeep full of people. Yep, yep, yep. No yep. dialogue, really good action stuff, and that was the stuff that impressed me most. I think if I had any complaints about it, it was a little bit too much clever, jokey dialogue well, for me. I know that some people more, like that. That's one else at his best. I mean, yeah, I think yeah. I know. You know, in his heart of hearts, he hates writing this, but does he though? He, yes, but he does it really well. That's yeah, the uh-huh. thing. This is him returning to that. Fun, badass. Everyone's smart. Everyone's cool. Yeah, superhero stuff that he's really, really good at. Yeah, he hates writing it, but he's really good at it. Yeah, and and honestly, I mean, like, I never, I would never have thought to put McKelvey with Warren Ellis, but like, they worked well together. Yeah, like mm-hmm. really well. 
Good pairing. Uh, yeah, it's a really, really good pairing. I love, there's that one shot of Steve standing up in the car, shooting the little gun with the three flechettes, and you see his eye, like, it's a, on the bottom panel. Um, mm-hmm. You see, you know, like, you see it coming, like it's coming out towards you, but McKelvey yep. was able to get his eyes into the shot, and you really felt the momentum, the movement. It was just, oh, it was really good. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is I've been, I was thinking about it. I thought at first I thought there'd be more backlash for this issue because it's really apparent that they're turning Captain America into more of a badass soldier killer than he was before. Yeah. I mean, he, he, it's been uh, a transition they've been doing for a while since Brubaker, but if you look at him compared to when he was in the 80s and 90s, he's almost a different character now. And I yeah. think it's fine. I think it's good for the character, but like he, he very sort of nonchalantly wipes out these, all these people and says, hey, we saved the world. You got to deal with it. Yep. And I really thought there'd be more backlash to that, but um, that's the way they've been, they've been evolving his character over the last 10 years. Yeah. And I just love, uh, yeah, and, and I, that's a really good observation. Um, but and and we're talking about how Warren's good at a one one off uh, sci fi. Like I love the concept, like that some they built a city underneath Cincinnati and nobody noticed and yeah. like and, it's just, and, and, yeah. and a giant giant doom platform. Like right. he just he'll find a little thing and be able to make it into a bigger thing. Yeah, uh, that that was what was really impressive. For I me I it. so wish this wasn't just one issue. Oh God, I wish this was more. You know what? You're better off. I think next month's Kev Walker. He's doing a lot of you get a lot of good, good artists on this, on these stories. Yeah. Cool. Are these? Is it Warren Ellis again? Yeah, it's Warren Ellis doing one and done Secret Avenger stories. Yeah. That should have been the damn thing. That should. Uh, that yeah. Jeez, they blew. That's this your title. damn book right there. There's your book. There. There, there There's it is. your book. They blew. Moon they blew this around. Title. They blew this title totally. But what Ultimate Hawkeye number one. Jonathan Hickman, Rafa Sandoval, and. This is this was Josh's special week with a I don't new I don't Hawkeye really book. care about Ultimate Hawkeye. Yeah. No one does. Neither do I. That's what I realized after reading this. I like I like that Hickman's the new Ultimate guy. I think he's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think his sensibility is perfect for the universe. I think his per- sensibility is perfect for sort of being in charge of this whole thing. For the Ultimates, it was great. For Hawkeye, while the story was interesting, the setup was interesting. I don't really care about the character. Yeah, like well, that's good a, thing that, he wasn't in it that much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was nice. I was like, I don't think this is actually about Hawkeye. And that's, no, and, that's the thing, and that's the thing. Is like Hickman did a great job. Sandoval's art was good. I, I'm not going to read the rest of the miniseries. I, no, I, I just don't care. Yeah. I mean, the concepts are good. It's just I don't – of all the Ultimates, tradi- traditionally, Hawkeye cared about the least. Yeah. And so a miniseries about him is kind of like, eh. He, you know what's really interesting is that he is the one sort of character who they – He's in the movie. That's why he's getting the mini. Yeah, I know he's in the movie. But like they, they, re- they really didn't stick to what the old character was at all. He really is one of the only characters who's been completely reinvented Yeah, in a way. Like he's got nothing of the old one other than he ch- doesn't miss. Yeah. You know, he's got no charm. And he doesn't miss Josh. And I, I, I guess so. I guess they're polybagging all the ultimate first issues. I guess because of the secret Stanley signatures. Oh, are they? Did they really do that again? Yeah, apparently. Oh, okay. That's that. Okay, so there's your answer. I didn't know that. What is it? I'm signing here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, this was this Hawk was face. this was much less offensive cover wise than uh, the Ultimates. That's uh, true. The Carrie and Andrews cover. Oh, so That's bad. True. Anyway. It was less offensive than a previous comic <laughs> Yeah, less book. offensive. So Put that on a cover, please. <laughs> less offensive, iFanboy.com. <laughs> so it's, it's honestly not that far off. Not that far off from what, we were, from what we've been outcoded previously. <laughs> well, that's, that's, uh, that's, well, when it's one of mine, sure. But yeah. it's better than like, when they're going with this, the sales VP. Yeah. Someone think, well, s- we can go with this one from the guy over in accounting. Someone in the chat room said they had a friend who got one of the Stanley signed issues. That's pretty cool. So. 
Anyway, all right. So real quick, I want to take a quick break and remind everybody that iFanboy is a part of the Graphically Network, and uh, Graphically is a great solution for digital comics. Um, if you haven't checked it out, you're going to want to because they've got over 4,000 comics from publishers like Marvel, Boom, IDW, Dynamite, Archaea, Top Cow, all bunch of great stuff. Um, over 250 publishers, more coming on every day, more books every day. Um, applications are available for Android devices, whether it's phone or tablet, my preferred choice platform, or iOS, or um, you can read comics on the web. Really super cool uh, web uh, interface to read comics. I think personally, you know, I'm biased because we work there, but I think it's one of the best out there. Um, if you buy a comic on graphically.com on the website, you can go sync it and read it on your, on your handheld device. It's really simple, really easy to do. Uh, exciting stuff coming up in the next month or so from Graphically. So you're going to want to follow Graphically at twitter.com slash graphically. Um, we've got a pretty big announce, a couple pretty big announcements coming up in the next couple of weeks, so you're going to want to check that out. Um, go to graphically.com, check it all out now, get on board with digital comics, and uh, we thank Graphically for their continued support of iFanboy, and if you like iFanboy, then definitely please patron uh, Graphically, because without Graphically, we wouldn't be here. So, Can I spoil one of the announcements? Uh, which one? We're, we're, like, we're, we're going to be yeah. polybagging select issues of the digital comics. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Available <laughs> you'll, just, you'll, get, you'll just get up one morning and your iPad will be in a Ziploc baggie. <laughs> It'll be like, oh, that's yeah. that's great. I gotta say, one of those one of those things, those announcements. No, cool. you, you know what it is? Is you download the issue and you find it's just a polybag. You can't read it, so you yeah, gotta buy it. You gotta download another one to actually get the issue to read it. That's how we're gonna. <laughs> it's gonna make our millions that way. Yep, that's how it's gonna happen. Uh, oh, oh, Invincible number eighty two. This book, if you guys remember, when we way back in, in episode one, like this was our go-to book. For episode one? Yeah. All right? Like we've always said, go read Invincible because it's sort of the superhero book for, for, for people who are kind of tired of superhero it was, books. It was, it was right around tradition. that time. It was right around that time. Yeah. Like early – those early days, it was our, one of our most uh, frequent recommendations because mm-hmm. we would be like – because no one read it. So that's why. Yep. Um, but what's interesting is that we're starting to see the change. We all saw, uh, I think it was back at C2E2, they showed the cover of the, of the, uh, of the Black Invincible. And they were like, we're not kidding. This isn't going to be him. And we're starting to see uh, Mark back away. This, the last couple of issues have had this weird like philo- philosophical stance. What great cover! Great, 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 great cover! cover. I love, I love when there's reflections. Like that's a great, uh-huh. like that's a sign like, for me that Otley, like we, I know we rave about Otley, we love Ryan Otley, but like that cover, I'm like, oh man, he he's go, he's climbing, he's still climbing, he's still oh. getting it. Yeah. Well, it, you know, he you know he went and he burned his art. Well, it's because he like he takes it really seriously. He wants yeah. to get better. Um, I I just I enjoyed it. Like they're not, he's not trying to make every issue a thing. Like this book can just do whatever it wants. When I say a thing, like he's not trying to make it into a big, it has to blow your face off every time. This was like kind of philosophical and thinky, and yep. and and Mark was like, I, I can solve this problem without going and fighting everybody. Because when I go fight everybody, people get killed, and it's true. Yep, these are ideas that that should be explored. It's this, and, it's uh, this idea, it's this idea of the superhero maturing. You know, where like yeah. if, you, if you go back to if you go back to the first seven issues of Invincible, it was like, yay, I've got powers, I could do this, it's fantastic. And over these eighty-two issues, we've seen people die, we've seen people get hurt, we've seen people come back to life. We've seen cities get destroyed. Gain weight. Yeah, gain weight. And now he's at the point, he's like, all right, well, maybe punching isn't the solution. And I think that's a great natural kind of evolution for the character. So, yeah. yeah. Um, just a, a really good, fun issue. Uh, you know, nothing, nothing incredibly spectacular, but just another evolution. Well, I, really that, I mean, remember, remember from a couple of weeks ago or months ago, I don't even remember anymore, but when I picked Invincible for the pick of the week because it was just, it was just another issue. And it's just like mm-hmm. Invincible is one of the few comics that are keeping true to that – 
80s, 90s, 70s kind of style where, yes, there are story arcs. <laughs> All and, times, but now. Well, no, no, you know what I mean. You know, but like, you know, well, like, the 60s. like Kirkman, aside from the Vulture Might War, Kirkman doesn't write for the trade. He, he, I, mean, I mean, they collect the issues in trade format and put it in a yeah, you're right. story thing. But you can read those trades as if they were issues, just really longer issues, you know? So mm-hmm. I don't know. And that's why I like it is because it reminds me of reading the X-Men back in the day and that sort of thing. So, but anyway, that's just me. Um, Who's still reading Amazing Spider-Man? Wrong. Beyond that, I am, and I was really kind of souring on Spider Island. I was getting really worried. This issue was actually really good. It was, it was. I was somewhat surprised. It was really good. Um, uh, this is the part two of the Spider Island thing, where everybody in Manhattan has spider powers. And what I thought was really interesting was, as opposed to dealing with whatever Peter pretends as if he's just one of the people who gets spider powers. That's smart. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> Wait, now, the story is that everybody in Manhattan yeah, has spider, spider powers. powers. Yeah, so what happened was the, the Jackal, Icky. the Jackal, who, if you remember back, Jackal is the clone saga, you know, the guy who screwed with them, done all this stuff. He did something to give everybody in Manhattan spider powers. And the chaos hit, and what happened was that all the Avengers were trying to help, and all these regular people were running around like spiders. And basically, the Avengers told Spider Man to go home because they didn't know. They were afraid. They didn't know who was Spider-Man, who wasn't, because they're all in Spider-Man-esque costumes, and they're like, "You're just getting in the way." And so it, you had the Peter going, "Oh man, I never thought I'd be told that I'm, you know, I got, I got benched and da da." And then it, and it dawns on him. He's like, "I can just be myself now," and so he just kind of steps up and he leads all the regular people to become heroes. And it was, I got to give Dan Slott. It was a very good angle to take. So it was good. And Does the, he still keep his outfit across town? Uh, well, no, he's just in plain clothes now. I mean, in general, he still have. Well, yeah, I suppose on. it's still there, but um, but yeah, right. but um, and then there's a great scene where they're trying to figure out what the pro- Horizon uh, Jameson makes Horizon the Horizon Labs try to figure out what the problem is, and Reed Richards comes to help them, but Reed's got to pretend that Peter Peter isn't Spider Man. So there was a nice <laughs> little like it goes back to the whole secret identity thing. Like it actually picked up some of the good things that is um that is great about Spider Man and Humberto Ramos is just I, I it's so much fun to read Humberto Ramos. The thing that bums me about not buying it is I'm not reading the Ramos stuff. Honestly, Connor, I, I know it's, it's tough, but go go pick up this issue and tell me what you think because it wasn't it, it was better than I expected. So I'm hot and cold in the slots. I know you are. I know, but the Ramos could put you over. I don't know. Right. Yeah. It looked good. Yeah, guys, guys, has there been a more delightful miniseries this year than Rocketeer? Adventures miniseries of this the is, year. This is listen. This is what IDW does. I figured out <laughs> this year, Rocketeer Adventures. Last year, Mystery Society. Year before that, GI Joe Cobra. You're right. Every sure, the next year, year be what something. Every year, IDW puts out four excellent issues of a miniseries, and then some other stuff. Yep. This this. So there. I mean, I, I, I like it was funny because I remember last year at San Diego when they announced this. We're like, oh, do we want Rocketeer stories by other people? Remember, like, we were really hesitant about it. We were really kind of worried. Now, like, yes, please. More, but the, but more. The, yeah. But then also, I don't want them to ruin a good thing. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think four was the right number. I think three story, like, any more, they could have blown it. And they didn't. They kept it just right. Yeah. Well, you want to leave the stage when you're still, you know, exciting. You yeah. don't want to be be too long on the stage. So, so this, I, this this issue featured uh, stories by a uh, story written by Dave Gibbon, Gibbons with art by Scott Hampton, um, a story written by Joe Dro Pruitt with art by Tony Harris, um, written another story written by John Arcudi with art by Brendan McCarthy, and then uh, a couple of pinups from Ashley Wood. It doesn't that, that's a good that's a good lineup. Uh, Jamie Grant did the colors on one of the stories, and I really thought that did not look good. Uh, that was like on the, that worked. was oh that was the Brendan McCarthy story. 
Yeah. Oh, I, I don't really know, like the colors it. on that. One. Oh, well, they they fit Brendan McCarthy's style. I guess. I mean, how I mean, have uh. you have you read Brendan McCarthy before? Um, no. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. It 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 it, it 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 was in line with Brendan McCarthy. So. Okay, listen, there was a badly drawn bulldog in one of the pages. I can't get over that. But the real story here yeah. is that Tony Harris. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. He's getting away from photorealism. Yeah. Which is where he needs to be. When, that, when Starman started, he was drawing. Yep. Yeah. And it was fantastic. Look at this. And this is what, this is, this is what I hear. This is what I hear he's going to be doing from, from now on for a little while. Yeah. And uh, just so nice. Uh, I was really impressed. And, and the era is perfect for him. Like, if you've ever heard mm-hmm. interviews with him, he, like, he loves to draw stuff from the 30s and 40s. And, uh, oh, Japanese sub, gunshots. It was great. His, oh. his, his drawing of the Rocketeer in costume and everything was, oh, was yeah. awesome. Was that? Honestly, everything, I mean, like, the between the um, uh, Tony Harris drawing the Rocketeer, I, lo- I love Brandon McCarthy drawing the Nazi Rocketeer version, the Lady Rocketeer. That was cool. That was awesome. Um, you know, I didn't love the the art in the Dave Gibbons story. That I didn't love um, Scott Hampton's art, but I but I enjoyed it. I thought the story was actually really good. Um, yep. I don't know. I just I just love the Rocketeer, and I just can't get enough of it. So, and did you see the news? It's coming out on Blu-ray finally. That's what I'm gonna eat for Christmas. That I, I'm, I'm, I'm the trade of this. Yep. The comic book put it over the edge, right? Yeah, totally. I think that's what <laughs> yes. did it. Yeah, that's yes. how that worked. Totally. It's awesome. Fine. So, um. Uh, Butcher Baker, the Righteous Maker, number six from Image Comics. Um, I gotta admit, I, this this might have been I, what I felt is that the strongest um, conceptual issue of the series, um, and they totally got me with the flashback. Did you guys are you guys still reading this or? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've the, never started. The the flash. Oh, Connor, you gotta pick this up when it comes in trade. The um the flashback sequence I thought was genius. Was great. There was a uh, basically it's a flashback uh, uh, to an earlier fight between Butcher Baker and the and the villain, and it's done in old comic book style. But then the, it's kind of zoom, it's kind of a little smaller than the page, and you see the page fold. Like it was, it was very clever. It was very good. Um, I don't. I'm loving this series. I mean, this series is is very. Um, uh, it's very. I want to say it's. it's I want to say it's like a modern, '80s. Uh, alternative comic, if that makes sense. So you, so it's so it's a it's a Joe Casey comic book. Yeah, basically. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, it's just not Marvel. But yeah, really. um, yeah. But I, I don't know. Just every issue delivers in a in, in a way that I've never you know I don't I don't expect, which I think is funny. I mean, it, it's, it's yeah yeah. It completely. Does. I mean, what did you think of it, Josh? I I, I think what you thought. Uh, it's it's very it, it's it's alternative while at the same time it's actually pretty straightforward. It's followable. Uh, which sometimes when you get out there is is sort of difficult to do. I think that uh, Jihad Jones looks exactly like Alan Moore, and I want to know if that's on purpose. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's Alan Moore. <laughs> <laughs> I keep meaning to ask, but... Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. There you go. Yeah, so there you go. So, um, so, so those are the comics that came out this week that we enjoyed. Um, if you go to ifanboy.com slash comics, you can see them all in the uh, pull list format where you can do your pull list. So you can come back and write reviews and uh, do your ratings and all that fun stuff. And the iFanboy community is one of our most favorite parts of the week to see what everybody's enjoying. Um, and to celebrate that, we're going to go uh, take a look at what the top five picks of the week, uh, according to ifanboy.com, as of September 2nd evening. They might change when you hear this, though. So... Um, Connor, do you want to go through the top five? The top five picks of the week, according to the iFan base. Number five, Josh's favorite, Flashpoint number five, with 1.1% of the picks. 
And you know, if number five is at one percent, we've got a big winner. Yeah. What will it, what will it be? Number four was Angel and Faith. Number one, what one point two percent? New from Dark Horse now. Number three was Lock and Key Clockworks. Number two was six point five percent. That was probably Paul's. Num- number two was Uncanny X Force. Number fourteen was fourteen point seven percent. And number one was Butcher Baker. The Ru- oh, Justice League number one, seventy three point three percent. Excellent. Was- so yeah, so b- not surprising. Justice League uh, pretty much. Uh, 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 overwhelm the whole comic book industry this week, which I thought was really, you know, because I thought Marvel had a really strong week of what they, of what came out, you know. So I was, I was putting the script together and I was like, ah, this is all Marvel. How can I? Oh, yeah. that's right. So, um, so let's look at some of the reviews that came out of the uh, iFanboy community. Josh, you want to kick us off? Sure. First one up is from Behanawa. <laughs> Benhawa. Benhawa. There's an extra vowel in there. Uh, talking about Herc six point one. Uh, is, are these ratings reliable? No, there's still the, what, what people give books on the ratings is still have a bug in it. We're yeah, that's going to get fixed okay. next week, so it's coming. So we'll, we'll just we'll fix it. Uh, pick of the week percentage on that is point zero two or zero point two percent. And he says the progression the progression of going from Herc to I Herc has been a little rough at times. This point one title brought the feel of the book back to somewhere between the two styles, and I like it. Out of all the point one books so far I've read, this one stands out as being quite enjoyable. <laughs> sort of light praise. Uh, on a light week, you should definitely check this out. And uh, I heard this is ending at issue 10. Yes, yeah, so it got canceled. This yeah. is your jump on point, sort of. It's too bad because I liked, I liked the, the premise that Van Lenthe was taking with it, which is basically mm-hmm. like Conan on the streets. Yeah. You know, but I guess it didn't stick. Oh, well. well, no, I just think it went on long enough. Yeah, they did their thing. So. Yeah, like, you know, it can go for a while, but I mean, that's a good run. It's been years. Yeah. No. So. All right. Uh, so next review is I was going to comment about how we're we're only reviewing we're only talking about Marvel reviews, but then I remember DC didn't put anything. This, out. this, this is this is what I'm saying. Yeah. So our next review comes from Keith seven one nine eight, who reviewed the Mighty Thor number five, and point one percent of you made it your pick of the week as well. And Keith seven one nine eight says one of the more disappointing books for me has been Matt Fraction's The Mighty Thor. Thor vs. Galactus, drawn by Olivia Copiel, just screams success. But after a promising first issue, the series never gained any strong footing. In fact, it's been all over the place. For me, the main story has dragged, while the two side stories involving Loki and Volstagg have kept my interest. Issue number five finally provides a taste of what I've been wanting from the creative team. Fraction puts together a sturdier, more cohesive issue here. The story moves at a crisp and more fluid pace, and at at, at last there seems to be a genuine feel of danger. Um, I flipped through this book in the store because I don't read Thor. I don't really like Thor, that sort of thing. Um... But this looked beautiful. I mean, well, he's fantastic. Yeah, Copiel is just like it. yeah, so good. So, has it been <laughs> only five months? I mean, it's it really feels yeah. like it feels like it's been ages since I tried that book out, and it was not good. Yeah, this is the original Hammer-based book, apparently. Yeah. This, this is where the whole Hammer thing started. Is it really? I guess. No, this is the Silver Surfer Galactus versus uh, uh, Odin book. This has nothing it's to make, do with the fear itself. I, well, to Hammer, to Thor, Thor's Hammer. It's, it's the original. It's Ooh, it's rough, rough one. All right, so uh, so go to ifanboy.com slash comics and you can check out all the all the books that came out every week and you do your pull list and come and do your picks of the week and write your reviews and we'll get you on the show. Uh, it's great to see how many, Connor, how many Justice League reviews were there? Like 30? It was at least 30 last time I looked. No yeah, shit, really? Yeah. A lot. I That's saw there were 10 for Flashpoint and that was impressive. That's awesome. So, anyway. Halo effect, Halo effect. Indeed. All right, so on to the emails. Our, um, our first email comes from Daniel Hampton who says, listen, we all get which titles you like and which ones you don't, and also the characters you like and dislike. 
I was wondering about what about the characters we don't hear so, so much about, such as heroes who don't have their own titles or are overshadowed by larger characters in a team book. What I always wonder is if you go into more detail about D-list characters and find out your favorites. Mine, for example, are Drax the Destroyer and Martian Manhunter. So D-list characters, guys. Well, up until very recently, I would have said Etrigan is one of them, but he's getting his own series. Mm. Um, he's, still, uh, he's, he's not D-list, but he's B-list. He's, uh, he's not. Uh, well, and this series is not going to be around a long time. But yeah. whenever he shows up, written by the right person, he's always fun. Uh, he's one of those. Uh, recently, Rocket Raccoon is probably another one that's sort of like gone from being that stupid, and I don't know why you would put it in a comic book, but to, oh, that's so good. That's so much fun. Look at his big gun. Connor, <laughs> you, you don't approve. You're dealing. No, no, I don't disagree. That's fine. So. Uh, Marshall Manhunter's definitely the, around there. I don't, I don't, he's, he's B. He's B list, right? He's B. He's uh, like B plus. He's, he's B C. Yeah. He's B C. Really? Yeah. I mean, if you think wow. about it, because you put a Marshall Marsh Manhunter book out there, it's going to get canceled in five yep. months. It's, that's he's a B. He's a, he's a he's a B list character in the right book, but normally he's a C list character. Um, I really, you know, in the Avengers, I really like I really like Jessica Jones still. You know, mm-hmm. she's she's a really good character who's not used enough, but when she does get used, it's it's in the right spot, and it's it's still you can still when, when Bendis writes her, she's still a really interesting and different character. Um, I uh, I was when I was thinking about when we were reading like I was reading some older Avengers stuff in the beginning of Bendis's run that you know that other Ant Man, the one who died, Scott Lang. Yes, yeah. I like when there's like a new Ant Man, and he's like, "Hey guys," and he's wearing the same outfit as the old one, and nobody really quite takes him seriously, and he's always gonna act like the new guy. I always liked that kind of thing. I liked that when Kyle Rayner was new. Right. I thought that was I, Kyle Rayner. Connor is a, a character. Yeah, he briefly <laughs> appeared in the I DC don't know who that universe. Is. I have no, um, no reaction. Speaking of nice. Speaking of Scott Lang, um, one of my one of my favorite characters that I feel as if I didn't get enough. Do you remember what was his name? J- Johns wrote him in the Avengers, and he's the dude that died that kicked off the. the then he got resurrected to kick off the oh, Avengers. Jack, Jack of Hearts. Hearts. Jack of Hearts. Yeah. And yeah. Jack of Hearts. I like Jack of Hearts because he reminds me of Connor, my favorite uh, D-list DC character, which you know my, my absolute <laughs> favorite, Psycho Pirate. Psycho Pirate is love Psycho Pirate. Psycho Pirate. Now, if you want to go, if you want to start going backwards, I used to love guys like um, the Black Knight on the Avengers. Mm -hmm. Love Black Knight. Yep. uh, Doctor Druid. All those old teams from the 80s and 90s were fantastic full fantastic sea level characters yep exactly uh-huh. agreed and i can go i mean i can go back deep into the whole x-men you know like i'm a big Iceman fan i'm a bit you know like i can go Iceman's uh, not a c-list character Iceman is a, is a disrespected a-list character he is he's no he's a, he's, a, he's, a he's, he's got to be grandfathered in because he's an original x-men yeah true and he's a disrespected b-list character he's not a-list he's not no, he's not a-list. A-list. he's not yeah. yeah but yeah but so Anyway, uh, cool. so that's, I mean, actually, t- to be honest, like up until very, you know, sort of recently, Hawkeye was always sort of a, a back, you know, like a B list, at least, you know, B, he wasn't supposed to be out front. He's a strong B. He's a strong B. I mean, he's I mean, he's been in everything. He's been. <laughs> we're, wait, we're not talking about boobs, right? He right. ran. He ran the West Coast Avengers. He ran Thunderbolts. I mean, he was never. Yeah, no, I, I'm talking about even before that. Sort of when I first started to. Um, yeah, there was there's also like there's also Green Lanterns like uh, Kilowog, Tomar Ray, like. There's a lot of those, ba- those supporting characters that are fun. Yeah. You know who I love? Uh, who's the Batman? Um, Slam Bradley. Slam like, Bradley. I, I, I love his, like, his, his confederates out there. Slam Bradley and, and what's her name? The Doctor. Uh, I can't think of it right now. Leslie Tompkins? Yeah, yeah. Like, I love those characters because they're these sort of 
smart characters who actually know a lot of things, uh, but they, you know, who Batman trusts implicitly, and they're they're all very helpful. And I always like it when they bring those in. The uh, someone in the chat room just uh, Peter Parker eighteen one hundred two just suggested Snapper Car. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all right. <laughs> so, anyway, cool. All right, so on to our next email. Josh, do you want to take it, take it away? I certainly can. Jack Tam says, now that all five Marvel movies uh, that led to the upcoming Avengers movie are out, what are your top five? Here is a list, just in case you don't know them. Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, and Captain America, the first Avenger. So there have been what five. Is, what's the order you put them in? What are the, yeah, what's the all best? Right. What's Here's the my best? order. From, okay. from five to one. From five to one. And it's a matter of inches here, people, so don't jump down my throat, okay? Um, right. I'm going to go Iron Man, Thor. No, 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 from, from worst to best. Oh, from worst to best. Okay, worst to yeah. best. Yeah. I'm going to go Iron Man 2, Hulk, Captain America, Thor, Iron Man. I think and, that's then, my list. And, and honestly, it's a matter of inches. It's inches. That's my list. That's my list. And Thor and Captain America are very close. Yeah, but it's very my close. List also. Yep. Iron Man 2... Hulk, Thor, Captain America, Iron Man. Yeah, I mean that's, that's the only that's, difference. Yeah. That's the list, and Captain America and Thor are this, are on the same level almost. Yeah, yeah. I, well, the th- yeah. My, my when we talked about when Captain America came out, I really enjoyed Captain America. I thought it was great. Thor was like one little notch above for some reason, and but I, a very slight. I mean, these slight. are all the, the top three. We're talking about tons of fun. Yeah. And it could be yeah. you know, the two and three could be ranked and, either way. And quite honestly, I, I think Hulk is very underrated. I really enjoyed that. Like, I enjoyed Hulk. I watched it recently. It was fun. Yeah. Although, oh, uh, on the other hand, Iron Man Two is the most successful and forgettable movie of all time. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I for some reason bought the Blu-ray and I look at I look at it and go why? Yeah. I, bought, I started I, to watch it on Netflix and I was like I, I don't care. I yeah. shut it off. Yeah. And like it had so much potential because it had the suitcase costume and like all, but yeah, it, it, it just yeah. had no yeah. story. You were, yeah. much you, you were kind of bullish on it at the time, Ron. I was, wasn't I? Yeah. You were, you were, you were Sam Rockwell drunk. Yeah. I, oh, <laughs> Sam Rockwell was great. Sam Rockwell was awesome. You see, that's the thing is like there are pieces like like I really like Sam Rockwell and Iron Man too. I really like the whole World's Fair thing. I really like the suitcase. But like I, I felt as if, um, and as much as I love Mickey Roger Sterling, Rourke, I, yeah, Roger Sterling. As much as I love Mickey Rourke, I felt as if the villain fell a little short, and I don't know. But um, and Hulk, I love the whole. Honestly, like I could put in Hulk and watch the opening sequence in Brazil, and be satisfied. Like that could have been yeah. the movie. Like that was awesome. Oh, that was a great sequence. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, I um, love Eric Bana. Just saying. Really? That was the other Hulk. Yeah. No, I know that, but I'm just he saying, was like, a great Hulk too. How do we think? I just, he's a he's a great actor. How do we think Mark Ruffalo is going to be? He's good. He's, he's good, good for he's that. He's a great he's actor. Good. I love he's Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. yeah, he's a really good actor, and he's got that. I think he's got that simmering rage, but calm guy thing. Yeah, because he's got damage. He's he's got issues. That guy. He does. All right. So if you have any questions, you can always email us at contactifanboy.com. We're here for you for any of your questions, be them comic book uh, geekery or fashion tips or dating advice or uh, job advice. We're here for you. Um, really? Sure. Good job advice? No, I don't know. Take the job. There's nothing out there. <laughs> exactly. So email us at contact.fanboy.com. Normally we do voicemails on the show, but uh, since we're doing it live, uh, we're going to take some questions uh, from the chat room, and I'm going to vamp a little because I think there's a little lag, so I want them to hear it. So you can normally call us on the voicemail line at 1-888-FANBOYS. It's 1-888-326-2697. But in the meantime, we're going to take some questions from the chat room, and they seem to be coming in now. So we're going to start with... Our friend uh, Chris Neesman, who's in the chat room, who says, what creator, creators, careers have skyrocketed since you started the show that you're most excited about? That's a very good question. 
So no. we've been doing this for uh, 300. We've been doing this for 300 episodes. What character? What creators are we excited for their careers since? Well, I mean, uh, the first thing we were just talking about how we used to recommend in, in, in Invincible all the time. I Clearly, think, Robert I think, Kirkman has skyrocketed in the last five years. Yeah, yeah. that's why he still talks to us because he was nobody when we started. Yep. <laughs> um, I think. Um, and I think Mc- Kieran Gillen clearly has skyrocketed in the last five years. Totally, yeah, that's that's for sure. Oh my God, the chat room's going far too fast. Yeah. Oh my so, God. So, uh, um, uh, other guys, I was I was thinking of. I mean, if you you know, I was I was listening to the Rick Remender interview you did recently. Yep. And uh, from where he started to where he is now is 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 pretty fascinating. Remender, Hickman, Jason Hickman. Aaron, all those guys have, in the last five years have. have Blown up. So we def- we definitely had a nice little class come up with us at the same time. And like when we started, yeah, do- yeah when we started doing the video show, we had just discovered Remender. You know, Hickman had just started. It, it, like it was it, like if you look at Ace and Aaron just started scalps. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which smaller publishing companies are your favorite? Uh, uh, what's smaller mean? Smaller than Marvel and DC? Then it would be Dark Horse and Image. But yeah. smaller than that, uh, I man, I, I used to be a really big fan of Top Shelf. But they haven't really they haven't, they so haven't delivered that, it in the past year. Yeah, in a while. In a while, uh, more than a year, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think that I think that in that way, Oni for me has been uh, pretty big. They, they, you know, they've got a couple of really good sort of ongoing things, and then they're constant. Not all the time, but they'll release something that's really exciting, something that I really like on a, on a fairly consistent basis, at least a couple of times a year. Uh, that, that Petrograd book for me is, is gigantic. I love that. I just finished so that. That was fantastic. Petrograd was Wasn't amazing. It? Oh my yes. god, it was great. It was so good. I um, finished it like three days ago. It was awesome. Yeah. So, so good. Yeah, Oni's done good stuff. Oni's consistently done good stuff, I think. They haven't dropped off like Top Shelf has. Yeah. No, but they've, they've focused, they've sort of changed things around a little bit. Um, I'm trying to look at my books and see if I can think of a different thing, but uh, I don't know. I haven't. I don't feel like I've been able to keep up with small press as much as I used to, which I don't like. Yeah. Somebody asked if we're going to make it to 600 episodes. (laughs) 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 Uh. Uh, Good time. (laughs) You know, every week is sort of a. (laughs) It's just sort of a little victory in itself. Um, okay, yeah, somebody mentioned that Top Shelf released *Lee Restoring a Gentleman*, which I bought. I don't know whenever it came out a month ago, and I haven't even opened it. Yeah. I, Alan it is still on my show, my uh, my to read So Yeti hands. You haven't read it either. Yeti no. hands asked, "What is your favorite piece of original art you own?" And now that we all own a little bit of art, what is what's your guys' favorite pieces? Oh, uh, my favorite art original art piece is from uh, Transmetropolitan issue one, page five or six. Uh, it's uh, Spider still is all hairy, and he drives down the mountain. And he looks at the bar that he went to, and he's like, "Ah, oh, Bastard's Bar. I remember that? And I hate everybody in it." And he blows it up with a rocket launcher and drives away. And the th- reason that it's fantastic is because a, it's uh, I think it's Rodney Ramos inking Derek Derek Robertson. Mm-hmm. That's the right it's thing, a perfect yeah. match. And the board's lettered. It's before digital lettering, so all the letters are on there. Uh, besides that, uh, I have a I have I love all my. I don't have that many pages, so I, I love all the ones I have. I have a page from Box Office Poison. Uh, that I bought a long time ago. That's fading. We didn't ask for you to tell you. Recently, all, I have a yeah. It's the favorite. Yeah, Come just, on, your favorite? don't be just greedy. One. There's one more that I got recently that is just the greatest thing ever. It's the page page one for an issue of uh, uh, Next Wave where uh, Steve Rogers goes into a bathroom and breaks it by Stuart Eminem. Any more pages you got? You want to talk yeah, about? Yeah. Uh, Connor, what's your favorite piece of art? Uh, my favorite page is from Jonah Hex Fifty to Darwin Cook page, and yeah. it's the pa- it's the page where uh, Tallulah is. Uh, He's carrying Tallulah away. Yep. And it's a fantastic pitch. That's a good pitch. 
Um, I I have too many. I can't pick one. I guess my I guess the, the latest one is I have um, the quietly one. Yeah, from New X Men number one thirty eight when uh, the last page when Emma walks in on no when Jean walks in on Scott and Emma and Emma's in the Phoenix costume. Mm. Yeah, that's my gem right now. So I love that. It's one. a gorgeous page. It's a gorgeous. It's it's a gorgeous page. It's a gorgeous page. Um, and I also like that the fact that I own it. People who work at Marvel want my throat. So, just um, <laughs> kind of funny. Uh, but anyway, um, Josh in the chat room. Somebody says I can draw a circle. Does Josh want to buy it? Ron has so many more pages <laughs> than I do. I'm talking about over a ten year. I've bought one page in the last like I probably I think I've only bought one page since we've been doing this, and it was seventy five dollars. Yeah, no, I clearly have a problem. I mean, I'm up to I think I'm up to thirty two pages now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I bought I bought those Transfender Holland pages for nothing like. Yeah, you know, long time ago. Well, yeah, no, but uh, no, by no joke, I don't want to like. I I bought the quietly page when he was here in San Francisco for WonderCon, and I have not. And Connor can attest to this. I have not bought a piece of art since. No, nope, because you, it, it wasn't cheap. Yeah, it was. <laughs> or paid the bills. The circuit. Yeah, exactly. Actually, they're gonna kill the cable in about ten minutes, so we need to wrap this up. No, but um, no, like normally, like San Diego, what I, what I do is I um I I always buy one piece of art in San Diego, and this year I, I'm like, no, I already did it at WonderCon, so I'm good. So you got You got to balance a little, so. Uh, um, next champion asks what our favorite moment in 300 episodes is and I always go back to every time we hit on a, on a riff of something that makes us laugh every time we come up with an original character or something like that and I was, I was reading a Scott Chandler book the other day and I can't say his name out loud without thinking because we were making fun of uh, 40s radio dramas <laughs> and, and it's Ron's voice saying Scott Chandler and oh Nazis and then somebody rattled a uh, <laughs> like a sheet like to make like thunder like yeah uh, uh, the, the chat room's reminding me of my uh my my almost stroke when i said uh, when i couldn't pronounce rusty auto parts <laughs> which which to this day i will listen to and will make me cry from laughing because it is it is just a moment of pure you like all three of us laughing just pure just you know yeah so that was that was a good time uh, it was pretty good yeah i mean and they're, they're all like the the black Black Panther bad roommate one. Oh, middle management you know, skull. Yeah. Middle management skull. Just a lot uh, of people are mentioning Josh knocking over the Lego Star uh, Tie Fighter, which was like episode two exactly, or three. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was really far. Hey, I think I have it. Hang don't, on. don't 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 go no back don't no no just keep it keep it. Me. It's fine. We believe you. Um, Josh, somebody's asking you for to do the for the Muppets Take Manhattan uh, frogs. <laughs> <laughs> Ocean breeze soap for people <laughs> that want to stink. I believe the, the you know fun. Phil and Lil. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing about that is that I went to go see the Muppets Take Manhattan at the Museum of Moving Image in New York with I took my nieces and Josh totally called it. He's like he's like, You were the only person laughing in the theater during those scenes and I was like, I was dying. I was <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maybe do Mark Wahlberg. I'll do Mark Wahlberg because it always makes Ron laugh. <laughs> okay, we're gonna do a podcast, okay? <laughs> You gonna love me? That's Mark Wahlberg's thing: is that he all his characters always want to be validated. Yep. Gonna, are we gonna all talk about comics? All right, that'll be good. Okay, let's do this. Okay, I'm gonna fight for you. Okay, we'll fight. I'm gonna love you. Okay, do it. Oh, they're great. That makes, that move that starts as Wahlberg and ends as the guy from the real world. Yeah. Um, no, that's well. It's, they're from the same place. All right, let's take one more from good. Lowell. Let's take one more good comics question, and then we'll we'll do the fan service after we finish recording. So we got one good comics question, and I'm not saying Spawn. Oh <laughs> shit! I just did. Oops. Anything from the '90s. I miss I miss gimmicky covers. 
And I don't care what anybody says, because when that Ghost Rider cover with the Glow in the Dark came out, that was badass. And when, and actually, did you see the trade paperback for uh, Ghost Project from Oni? It glows in the dark. I was in the comic book store the other I night. I did see that. Yeah, I was in the comic book store the other night, and James was shutting it down and turned the lights off, and all of a sudden the cover glow. I'm like, the cover glows. Like I, <laughs> we joke about it. We do, but like when Punisher Warzone came out with the die cut hole, the bullet holes, and like those were cool. Thi- like the Wolver- remember the Wolverine cover with the uh, uh, Wolverine number fifty with the slash through it. Um, and, and you open Connor, are, are you fading out too? Because I, I don't think he's talking to us, but <laughs> no, seriously, right? I mean, like, those, they like, were cool you know, when I was 13. They were, I mean, no, I, I would I buy mean... a comic right now if it had a die cut cover. That they are awesome. I don't care what anybody You're says. You're the problem. No, I'm not the problem. I think everybody would agree with me as well. I mean, like, <laughs> if everybody did it like me, the comic industry would be really healthy right now. Listen, when, when Blood Strike came out and you could rub the blood, <laughs> that was possibly my favorite moment in the 90s. So. I don't know. I like I like gimmicky covers. I you know. And then at that moment, the, the industry almost died. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think they're fun. I I rather have a gimmicky cover than a poly bag cover. So a poly bag ish comic. So there you go. You want to you want to you want a gimmicky cover in a poly bag. The it's funny. The first comic that I bought when I came back to buying them, uh, I was like 97 or 98, was the Superman Forever or Superman whatever lenticular Alex Ross cover. Yeah, I remember oh, that. Yes. That was th- yeah, that was bad. And Jimsky, Jimsky in the in the chat room. I did not make up Blood Strike. I have that issue. I know the person who wrote the copy that said rub the blood. It was red ink. It's <laughs> every time you say rub the blood, <laughs> rub it. Rub the blood. Rub the blood. Anyway, all right. So awesome to take questions from the chat room. Hopefully we'll do this again soon because we now we got a better setup for it, um, and it's it's been a lot of fun. Um, and if you missed it, if you're listening to this recorded, you missed out on all the fun, and you'll want to look at it on iFanboy.com for the next time we do it. Um, but in the meantime, you should also go to iFanboy.com uh, where we have a uh, – someone just wrote rub the blood, okay? <laughs> I'm going to rub the blood, all right? <laughs> all right? So I got the cover right here. What am I going to do with it, all right? I'm going to rub it? I'm rubbing the blood, okay? Why don't you just let me do it? <laughs> I'm going to be a big, bright, shining blood rubber. Mom, you're, you don't even know. I'm good at rubbing blood. You don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> oh god almighty I'm gonna, all I'm right. gonna rip a down. what about what about uh eddie vetter up in the blood i love doing eddie vetter <laughs> uh, a lot of these guys used to do covers back back in back in the 90s and we would we would do things like rub the blood or, or glow in the dark covers it was a crazy time but now uh what the fuck? No, I don't. <laughs> now and now, Josh does a full rendition of Porch Unplugged. Hang on, let me get like a second. <laughs> Go to ifanboy.com. Uh, we got great stuff there, including the iFanboy Don't Miss podcast. Uh, this uh, week, we're gonna have uh, Chris Neesman is back in the swing of things, and he spoke to Jeff Lemire about Animal Man number one, which is coming out this Wednesday. Which is my personal pick for what I think is gonna be this, the the uh, surprise hit of the new Fifty Two. So it's gonna be really exciting to hear what. Uh, Jeff Lemire has to say about his new series Animal Man number one so go to ifanboy.com on Monday or Tuesday I don't know it'll be up because of the the holiday. It's a holiday. It yeah. probably. Yeah, it'll probably be up Monday because I have nothing to do. Yeah, on probably. Day, so I'll put it up Whatever. There. But um, Whatever. Uh, and go to iTunes and subscribe to that podcast. It's a great little fifteen-minute podcast uh, where we talk to creators about books that are coming out every week, and you definitely don't want to miss it. Uh, so go to ifanboy.com and get don't miss. 
Don't miss podcasts is what you just talked about. And I'm going to tell you to go to iFanboy.com for the pick of the week review that I wrote and the, the book of the month review that I wrote that's there that might not be there very soon. There'll be a new one very soon. But those are always worth reading and all sorts of stuff. I've been writing a lot of uh, opinions lately and I'm probably going to become more hated as I keep going. We're going to have a new uh, book of the month soon too. Yeah, that's are. what I said. If you want to uh, preview, look in the monitor. Don't say it though, Josh. Just keep talking. Oh, no, no really? Shit. Good yep. call. Oh, I want to read that a lot. That's yeah. going to be the book of the month. That's yeah. pretty badass. All of our other stuff is at ifanboy.com, all the writers, many of whom are in the chat room right now and, and the conversations. The conversations have gotten really interesting, uh, I think, since the new site because the comments work a little better. And so that's good. You can go and see all of our social network sites there as well and, and places you can interact with us otherwise. And there's also the video show, which you can find over in the left nav of the uh, site. And last week, uh, Connor... Connor manned up is what he did. He went and he talked to Jeff Johns, Jim Lee, and Scott Snyder, and we had it up the next day about about this thing that DC's doing. You may have heard. Very of. tired the next day. Yeah, yeah, I bet. <laughs> uh, and then uh, next week we'll be do- it's a vault show, people about some about some black and white books. Cool. Yes, that's, that's the thread. It's no it's as racist as they can get. <laughs> it's awful. So, oh, um, as well, I that Sibian joke won't die. As I mentioned, <laughs> I was going to do that at the end. As I mentioned earlier, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can always email us at contact.fanboy.com. We'd love to hear from you. Or you can leave a voicemail on the voicemail line at 1-888-FANBOYS. That's 1-888-326-2697. And finally, if you like this show, the Don't Miss Show, or the video show, or any of the shows... Even a crappy show like 11 O'Clock Comics, you can leave a review on iTunes. Tell them you like it or don't like it. Tell them it's crappy if it is. Yeah. Or if you're one of those pros who's constantly going, those guys don't know anything about how this works, does it? Yeah. Uh, Just go to iTunes. It helps people find the show when they're searching for comic book shows to listen to. We really appreciate it. It takes you only a few minutes, and thank you. Yep. So, cool. All right, well, this is a lot of fun. We want to thank everybody for coming to uh, coming out to watch it in the live chat room. And if you liked, if you want it, if you missed it, you want us to do it again, whatever, let us know. Maybe we will. Um, these are the kind of things that podcasts like 11 O'Clock Comics will never do for you because we're our fanboy and we yeah. love you. We like so, you. Yeah. And uh, if you're around, we're going to stick around and do some chatting. And yeah. if, you're, if you haven't been, if you weren't on the live show and you're listening late, come next time. You'll get to chat with us after the show. Exactly. So <laughs> until next time, we're going to wrap this up. I'm Ron. I'm Connor. And uh, I am, uh, I'm Josh. You were going to do Arthur of Maine there for a second. But you I, I missed it. That's what I did there. I missed it. Hold on a second. The Scythian setting got turned up a bit. 